And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Anthony Gismondi. Welcome to today's very busy show. We're going to start out in... Uh, France. We're going to be in Italy. We're also going to be all over the Okanagan Valley uh, just to talk about wine. We're going to start with Jeffrey Moss. He's a master of wine and founder of Lithica Wine Marketing. We're going to talk about wine clubs, what what you need to know or what, what you can learn or how you can select a wine club. The uh, important info when you're trying to sign up. Mike Dell joins us. He's the farmer vintner owner of Liber Farm Wineries. We'll talk about his ventures both in the South Okanagan and the Soyuz region and Similkameen Valley and the harvest that he's just completed. Sebastiano Di Corrado, he's the CEO and proprietor of Rivera. Wait till you hear about Il Falcone, a wine that you can buy in British Columbia. Really a sensational red. You'll want to drink this one all over the holidays. But up next, Mark Andre Hugel, he's the he's the Hugel technical director. He's in, in fact in charge of all the production at Hugel Wines in Alsace. It's going to be a busy show. Fasten your seatbelts. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we are set to go. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Claude du Soleil makes wines that speak of the Similkameen soil where their grapes are grown and the souls of the people who call this valley their home. Winemaker Michael Clark and his team specialize in wines that blend Bordeaux grape varieties with their unique mountainous terroir. The result is wines that are elegant, ageable, and authentic. Claude du Soleil, wild places, soulful wines. Available at clodusole.ca and fine restaurants and wine stores near you. Attention winers and diners. Happy Hour at the Modest Butcher is back. Stop in for $5 wine, beer, and savings on craft cocktails and tasty bites every day from 2 till 5 p.m. during Modest Happy Hour. But wait, there's more. Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays are also making a comeback. Get your first bottle of select Mount Boucherie wine for just five bucks when you order their juicy tomahawk ribeye with all the fixings every Tuesday night. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. ModestButcher.com. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata bench. Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards Wine Shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. From the Save-On Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. Shout out to Bounce Radio, Penticton and Summerland and all other 18 cities across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Really excited to have our next guest, Mark andre Hugel. Uh, the soon-to-be technical director in charge of winemaking at uh, Famille Hugel. Mark, welcome to the show. 
Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Hello, Vancouver. Yeah, well, it's a great pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I thought we'd start out with uh, maybe just a little quick uh, setup about Elsass and Hugh Gell and where you're at. Well, uh, it's easy. Uh, we are at the heart of the universe. Let me uh -huh. make it. Uh, we are right between France and, and Germany, which is the uh, heart of Europe, which is heart of the world, and I guess the heart of the universe. So uh, Rigbeer is the uh, middle of... Uh, uh, it's a small town, medieval town, uh, a thousand habitants, two million tourists. So that wow. explains why so beautiful. Uh, the whole world comes to to us, but we export a lot, and we've been uh, uh, present on your your market and, and in your country for decades now. And uh, super happy to 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 be uh, on the on the show with you today. Yeah, we we've been through a few generations of Hugel. You look like the latest one. Are, are you the twelfth now generation? Thirteen. 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 Wow. Yeah. Huh? The, the phone uh, just got to sleep. My my daughter is uh, is six months, uh, seven months old now. <laughs> Number uh, fourteen. Yeah. What 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 is that like? Like when you were a little kid, like you you were part of a long story. Not many people work in a business that's been around for thirteen or fourteen generations. So what what's the secret? Well, uh, actually, I'm I'm kind of the the the, the stranger Hugel of the Hugel family because I, I I'm, I'm the only one uh, actually in thirteen generation that grew up somewhere else and then came back to uh, Rigby. Oh, so wow. I grew up 20 years in uh, in Champagne. I, I was born in Epernay. Uh, I, I I grew up in the middle of of Epernay, uh, being surrounded with uh, Mouette Chandon and and all those uh, prestigious uh, Champagne house. And uh, and and I've made my studies uh, in Champagne, and uh, it was like okay, I have a, a whole family uh, waiting for me after all that studies in, in wine. And uh, I came back when I turned 25, and uh, I've been here for eight years now. Wow, yeah. what a great story! Our guest is Mark Andre Hugel. So I guess my first question is, you know. Learning about wine and champagne, what have you brought back to Alsace, perhaps, that, that uh, the company will benefit from? Well, uh, obviously, my, uh, my passion for bubbles. Uh, I, I, I really, uh, for, for almost, almost eight years, been struggling against my, my whole family to, to start doing our cremant, our sparkling wine. Yeah. Uh, because uh, we never wanted to, to, to join that, that club because we always uh, knew that champagne would be better. But uh, because I'm, uh, on my passport, it says uh, Epernay. So yeah. I, I, uh, I have uh, the right to, to, to make it now. And uh, I'll just uh, make some, uh, some good sparkling. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to, to start with this new cuvee soon. Yeah. Oh boy, that's great news. Uh, that'll that'll be really interesting. Okay, well, let's talk about what we have in the market. We have some very uh, famous labels or wines. Maybe the one that's the most misunderstood or not known by consumers when they walk by it on the shelf is Jean T. What what yeah. is the story of Jean T? Well, to to make it easy for everyone, it's uh, it's a blend of all the region in 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 the same bottle. So means all the the terroir, all the kind of soil, and then you have all the kind of varieties, the white uh, wine varieties we're growing, so eight varieties, uh, blended all together. And, and to be called gentil has to be noble, which means you have to use a majority of uh, Gewürz, Tremina, Riesling, Pinot Gris, and Muscat. 
and the rest can be Sylvaner and Pinot Blanc or, or, or other varieties. But uh, yeah, we, we blend all those eight together and, uh, mm-hmm. and that's make a dry, fruity uh, and very food friendly. And uh, yeah, the, the, the Alsace wine by definition, like uh, yeah. you, you have it all. In the a same very, very aromatic wine. Uh, yeah. Is it, it? Would you classify it as the Eldest Vicar too? Would it, would it? Could it be that, or is it different? Well, Eldest uh, Vicar, uh, sorry, was uh, was more about a big, uh, a big mix of everything. Okay. Uh, the, the 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 Cahier des Charges, the the law about uh, how we make the the, the gentle was uh, brought back from uh, almost a century uh, without anyone producing it. And we started it back in the mid nineties, uh, and uh, now it's uh, yeah, it's being uh, quite a success because we 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 make quite a quite a few uh, bottles of, of Gentil, and uh, yeah. this is affordable, uh, and and we expect everyone in uh, about hundred and ten countries to to enjoy that that wine in any occasion for just aperitif or it's even very food friendly because yeah. you have gavels. Uh, for spice, you have uh, Pinot Gris for for white uh, white meat. You have a uh, Riesling for for fish and uh, and and seafood. So yeah, you have you have everything in the. You in got the it glass. all in one bottle, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's let's touch on the Riesling because Riesling's become a, a variety that's well known in British Columbia because we're doing some great stuff with it. Of course, there's German Riesling. So where what is Alsace Riesling and how does it fit into the into the whole box of Rieslings? Well, uh, it's it's quite easy. In in few words, would be uh, the it's the the best wrestling in the world because it's uh, the only French wrestling in the world. So that's that's it. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, well, maybe just quickly would, about the style. What you? Yeah, style? I would say we we are very lucky in Rigby to have probably the most complex soil probably in the in the whole continent. Uh, we have eight different kinds of soil on the same area, which is 220 uh, hectare. So that's quite few uh, per, uh, surface. But uh, we are we have every combination uh, possible. Uh, we have, as I said, eight different kinds of varieties. We have uh, eight different kinds of soils. So, and if you combine with the time of period you harvest it, that means you can do uh, dry style, uh, sweet style, or uh, noble rot selection, for instance, uh, wow. which are the super uh, liquorous uh, wine we, we produce. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't know, probably we, Alsace is the magical place because we brought uh, Chardonnay, uh, Pinots, and, and Riesling, and, and, and Chasselas, and Auxerrois, and I mean, we are, as I said, the heart of, the, of Europe, yeah. and we brought yeah. everything that is good around us, and, uh, and we have a uh, yeah, uh, a perfect uh, uh, area to, to grow everything. So it's, it's good. We're talking with Marc-Andre Hugel, uh, soon to become technical director at, uh, at the Hugel Winer. He'll be in charge of all production in the coming new year. Uh, Marc, we hear a lot about German, uh, uh, sorry, about uh, Pinot Noir in France from Burgundy. But uh, what about your Pinot Noir? We're, we're discovering that it's quite a different animal. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's I would say quite recent in Alsace history. We've been growing wine for two thousand years almost since the Romans, 
but Pinot Noir quite, uh, is quite recent uh, from the 60s, 70s. Uh, so just like I was struggling to do my, my sparkling, my uncle was struggling, struggling himself with his uncle to do his Pinot Noir. And, mm. uh, and we've been learning for yeah, 40 years now how to grow good Pinot Noir. And uh, we are still very affordable because we are uh, uh, a nice region with everyone and uh, everybody from the whole planet. And I would say that uh, Alsace Pinot Noir, uh, our classic, the one you, you have most chances to find uh, uh, in your country, uh, has no oak. So it's a pure varietal uh, Pinot Noir, so quite light in style. Uh, you you can do uh, pretty uh, good matches with uh, with good meat, but don't expect to have a, a huge tannin. But uh, it's it's light, it's in style, and uh, yeah, it could be a a, a good uh, good option if you are running out of uh, of Burgundy and if you're looking for for good uh, North East fr uh, French uh, Pinot Noir. And, and should we drink it right away, or do, will it sell or what, what's your opinion on that? Well, uh, I would say on the on the classic would be uh, it would be we we do the aging uh, in our cellar for at least two or three years, uh, and okay. and then you can find it. Uh, so that means you can drink it straight away. Uh, I, I would be quite frustrated if I couldn't drink the the bottle I'm I'm buying. In the store, but uh, then you can, uh, yeah, buy a case of six and uh, drink one now, and uh, and keep keep going for the next uh, five years. <laughs> right. Hey, listen, Mark, that that's fantastic. You gave us a lot of info, and uh, we'll be excited to see. Will we see you sometime in North America then? Well, I'm um, I'm now I'm now quite fully booked. I'm a, I'm a young dad, and I'm uh, I'm <laughs> soon uh, gonna be. Uh, 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 yeah, as I say, technical director. But um, I'm traveling sometimes. I, I came to Montreal right before the, the COVID, like uh, December 19 or something. Uh, and uh, why not? Uh, and, well, I've got a good uh, idea. I'll maybe come back maybe. to the North American uh, continent. So it's, yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe come. we'll just come and see you. That would be better. People could visit Alsace and come to Hugel. Definitely, definitely. You you know we are quite a uh, uh, welcoming uh, area, and uh, you can knock on every every doors, and uh, most of the time people would uh, at least would uh, get you a bottle of of wine or or right. coffee uh, if it's earlier than uh, nine in the morning. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mark. Uh, it was fantastic. My pleasure. To great to talk to you. Thank you for your time. I know it's late at night, but uh, we'll have a All great right. holiday season. We'll talk to you next year. Thank you very much. Thank you, Canada. Cheers. Cheers. That was Mark Andre Hugel, uh, soon to be technical director in charge of production at uh, the Hugel Winery in Alsace. Uh, still to come, Jeffrey Moss, MW, founder of Lithica Wine Marketing and Gizmondi on Wine Taster. He'll join us on the show, which is available weekly on 20 radio stations across British Columbia or on demand on all the major podcast platforms, including Google and SoundCloud. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gizmondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. It's the most colorful time of the year, and the same goes for wine. At Save On Foods, fall means a shift to deep reds and fuller-bodied whites. Discover more than 1,300 BC VQA wines all in one place. And right now, pick up any four bottles at Save On Foods and get 10% off your purchase because nothing pairs with the cool air quite like a fantastic local vino. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods with 22 locations. Find yours at saveonfoods.com. 
Take your wine appreciation to the next level and become a rebel. Welcome to the Rebel Club at Liber Farm and Winery. As a Rebel member, you'll enjoy a regular shipment of exemplary Liber wines for your cellar, along with complimentary tastings and VIP treatment at the winery and more. And with the ease and convenience of online ordering, your wine will be shipped straight to your door. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries, and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. From our Save-On Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. Welcome back to the show uh, from Italy to France to uh, the Okanagan. I wonder if the Okanagan is on on uh, European radio shows uh, after a couple interviews. Uh, our next guest is Jeffrey Moss. Uh, he's a master of wine. He's the founder of Lithica Wine Marketing uh, out of Penticton. And, of course, he actually tastes uh, for us at Gizmoni on Wine or for me. Uh, he's in Penticton this morning, and we wanted to talk, get an update on uh, wine clubs coming into the holiday season. Jeff, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks again for having me. Uh, uh, always a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. Uh, I wanted to talk a bit about wine clubs today uh, because uh, you're a bit of an expert in that, uh, having written your uh, your. Uh, do they call them thesis or what do they call them when you when you do your masters of wine? I think they call them research papers now. Uh, research they're trying papers. to downplay it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. You put the work in, and uh, you know a lot about them. So I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, what do you What do you know at the moment? I'm I'm kind of interested whether wine club membership uh, increased during the pandemic and dropped off, or still increasing. Like, where are we at with wine clubs? I mean, my impression is definitely over the pandemic we saw a huge boom, not just in, in wine club signups, but also in online sales as well. I think mm-hmm. you know the the pandemic people had been you know used to buying stuff online from Amazon or whatever the case may be, but wine always seemed to be like that hiccup that it never quite got there. And that changed with the pandemic. And I think that helped to, to spur some wine club growth as well. And I think we're still seeing that now in part, just because of, you know, a huge demand and love for BC wine. I mean, right. in general, we just can't make enough for the province. And in a lot of cases, a wine club's the only way to get some of the top wines the wine. produced across the province. Yeah. I think that's the key because someone mentioned to me that we're all sort of savvy online shoppers now and we why do we want to join a wine club when we can just order the wine from the winery online but then you don't get a shot at these uh, wines that disappear quickly I guess. 
That's right. In a lot of cases, you know, a wine club or being a wine club member is the only way to get access to these exclusive members only wines. In some cases, they may be the top wine that a winery makes. In other cases, they could be kind of exclusive, exclusive one-off small lot wines that are made just for club members. Yep. Could also be library releases as well. I mean, a great example would be Little Farm, uh, led in part by Reese Pender, Master of Wine from the Similkameen Valley. Um, yep. Each club shipment at Little Farm includes a, a proper library wine. And I think in BC, sometimes we're a little loose with how we describe a library wine. Yes. You know, a yes. wine that could be released a couple years ago. But Little Farm, these are proper library wines. I mean, in the November shipment, they're including the 2013 Riesling. So these are wines that have some proper age on them. And so being yeah. a club member gives you that opportunity uh, where you get to try some of these aged wines without having to do the heavy lifting yourself. Yeah, well, uh, by the way, we're speaking with Jeffrey Moss. He's uh, uh, founder of Lithica Wine Marketing. We're talking about wine clubs. Jeff, I mean, you're a master of wine. You know a lot about wine. Uh, I know a little bit about wine. Uh, but what 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 can you how, how can you help people because as you just said uh, when somebody says this is a library wine and I go well what did they do run it through the library on the way to the truck or what are some of the things that you you, you can look for in a wine club that 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 you should be able to get or, or de- not demand but say hey what about this or that what, what can you say that's special what what is special at a wine club well I think it depends on the winery in part. Uh, but it also depends on on the individual. So for me personally, I'd be looking for a few things. The first and most obvious thing is you have to love the wines. Um, yep. and, and I think you have to be, being a club member gives you a lot of depth in terms of you get to really experience a winery across your entire portfolio. And so you have to be confident, you know, that you love everything that they produce or the vast majority of wines that they produce. So that would be the, the very first thing that I'd be looking for. But but the second thing, and almost just important, is the customer service and hospitality. So being a club member, in a lot of cases, is about having kind of a red carpet rolled out for you. And so you have dedicated staff people, you know, a wine club concierge, a wine club manager, who's kind right. of that point of contact between you and the winery. And they provide that gold glove service to make sure, you know, you're getting wines that fit your palate, that you're going to love, that match maybe an upcoming special occasion, whether it's a wedding or a special anniversary, whether you're looking for a a certain wine to pair with a dish. You know, that's where a great wine club manager really fills that role and and kind of makes a big difference in terms of differentiating between clubs. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Well, okay. I'm going to ask you this outright at the moment. Are there are, are there like three or four wine clubs or, you know, I don't know, one or two that I should be joining right now? Well, one that immediately comes to mind uh, is Black Hills. And I think Black Hills comes to mind for a couple of reasons. One, it's just the quality of the wines. I mean, what Ross Wise, Master of Wine, is doing as, as winemaker yeah. is really taking the wines to another level. And so, you know, I talked about you want to be comfortable drinking across the entire portfolio. I mean, I'd happily drink anything from Black Hills right now. And right. the benefit is you still have the option to customize those club shipments. A lot of wineries are going in this direction, giving club members the opportunity to customize their shipments. So say, for example, you don't like Chardonnay. Well, you're not forced to have Chardonnay anymore. You can customize your shipment and sub that out with something else. And if you want um, the ipso the facto thing, instead of the nota bene, you can do that maybe. 
Exactly, yeah. So you have ac- access to their signature wines like Notre Bene, but also access to some of, uh, my, I mean, my favorite wines, like the Ipso Facto, which I think is just such an incredible wine. Yeah, incredible. The, the latest vintage is just sensational, a really a terrific wine. Okay, so, so to be sp- specific, it, from a marketing point of view, are you hooking me too? Like, uh, do I need to go to the winery and know them before I buy the wines? Or do you think it's I buy the wines and then I want to go to the winery? Or is it a bit of both? In, in terms of, like, joining a, a club? Yeah, well, in ter- like, why would a winery have a wine club and, and, you know, like, the other side of the coin? I know they want to sell wine, but uh, I, I don't know. For me, sometimes the discovery goes both ways. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things there. The first is, for most wineries, a wine club's beneficial because it provides predictable recurring revenue, which, you know, that's not the most romantic way to put it, potentially. But at the end of the day, it really pleases the accounting department because we know we have X number of club members and we're going to have two, three, maybe in some cases, four shipments per year. And so we have a rough idea of when cash is coming into the till, uh, which right. is important because cash is certainly going out of the till in a lot of cases throughout the year, you know, from harvest to purchasing all our packaging materials like bottles. So that's sure. from a winery perspective why they really put a lot of value to the club. Uh, but it goes both ways. You know, they put a lot of value to the club and they're providing a lot of benefit to club members as well because they want to attract people. It's a very competitive landscape. Most wineries have clubs, so they need to differentiate themselves. And there's a lot of different ways. About could be about making specific wines available, like I said, about the hospitality, customer service. Could be other benefits, whether it's complimentary shipping, uh, recipes, pairings, all of that sort of thing as well. Okay. But in most cases, people are, are joining the club at the cellar door at the tasting room you know that's where the vast majority of club signups happen because okay. people experience the wines they ex- you know taste the wines they experience the hospitality and so they have a good idea at that point whether there's a fit there or not yeah and then it just they get it at home and it reinforces their visit etc cetera, etc cetera. jeff uh you actually run a wine club uh so we can get that out of the way so you're I don't, you know, I'm going to let you promote this wine club in some ways because I want to hear about it. What, what have you done down at uh, with the folks in Naramata at the general store, and how is that all rolling out? Yeah, so I'm working with uh, Mike Bernardo, uh, former wine director at Vidges. Now yeah. he's running that the Naramata general store with uh, the Enns family. Uh, and so we launched a, a wine club earlier in the year focusing on we have an international option and a BC option as well, or you can get the best of both worlds and have a combination of them. Okay, um, stop right there, stop right there. Look- stop right there. Now, you launched the wine club. Is it working the way you thought it would? Have you tweaked it? It is. I, we haven't made any changes yet. I think there's always uh, fine tuning adjustments that you make as you go. Uh, but okay. for the most part, we haven't blown anything up in terms of the structure of the wine club has stayed the same. So you're selling both BC wines and uh, uh, some selection of international wines, which uh, that attracts me almost immediately. Yeah, that's right. So kind of, there's three broad options. There's the BC option, international option, or the combination of both. Hmm. Uh, well, and people can, uh, I guess they can do that online because we're almost out of time. I just want to point them in the right direction, Jeff. Where can they go to get more info about that? Yeah, if they go to naramata.store. Uh, they can learn more about the club and, and visit the online store uh, that we've mm. launched for the wine shop as well. 
Uh, well, Jeff, thank, I, I know these things go quick, but it's always fun to talk to you and, and get some inside information. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in wine clubs and how they're developing or, how, you know, I don't know how they'll be next year or the year after, but it's, it's fun to watch them uh, grow here. And uh, I, it, wouldn't it be great if we lived in, a, in an open, free market where we could join a club in California or in Europe, too? But uh, I guess that'll never happen. Well, we can always hope one day, maybe. <laughs> Jeffrey Moss, thanks for putting up with me. Uh, great to chat with you today. Uh, wish you all the best if we don't catch up with you. I know. I think we're going to talk to you about holiday wines later next uh, month, so that'll be a, a fun piece. We'll talk about uh, wines people can have at home. Perfect. Yeah, thanks so much, and look forward to chatting with you then. Okay, Jeff, thanks so much. Jeffrey Moss, Master of Wine and Founder of Lithica Wine Marketing, and, uh, of course, uh, taste with us here at gizmoneyonwine.com, where we post wine notes every day. Up next, Mike Dowell. He's a farmer, vintner, owner of uh, Liber Farm and Winery. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gizmondi. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. Gentle hills and secluded valleys, an ideal climate, and modern vineyard management. These are the foundations used to create Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. Made with the same grapes and care that go into their award-winning regular Rieslings, Einzweiss Zero captures the important natural aromas and remarkable properties of the terroir while still being refreshing, delicious, and absolutely alcohol-free. Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. For details, visit softcrush.ca. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at yoursouthokanaganhome.com. From the Save-On Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. And uh, we're back. Joining us now is Mike Dowell. He's a farmer, vintner, owner of Liber Farm and Winery uh, from the Similkameen Valley and the South Okanagan in uh, the Asoyus region. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing very well, thanks. 
Uh, great to catch up with you. I assume you got the grapes off the vine because uh, if you didn't, you'd be snow plowing now. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, we were lucky. We uh, we kind of did our last pick on the Wednesday uh, prior to the uh, the Sunday snowstorm we had here, and uh, oh, so yeah, we're good. we're very lucky. Yeah, yeah. that was good. Uh, well, you should explain to people because you set up in the Similkameen, but now you also have a, a plot down in the South Okanagan. So, how, how do you explain Liber now to to folks? Uh well, we like to kind of explain it that we we kind of get to play with fruit from the the best of both valleys. Uh, you know, we we have our uh, fourteen acre parcel in uh, the South Similkameen, and we also have uh, about fifteen acres here in the Asoyas area. So. Uh, you know, definitely two of the best areas to grow grapes. And um, so we, real, we really feel that, uh, you know, we can offer, uh, you know, very distinct characteristics uh, yeah. depending on the varietal that we're growing in each valley. And yeah. it really allows us and it's really exciting for us when we bring all the grapes into this, you know, into the same winery and we get to smell the, you know, the different ferments and, and taste it, you know, as the wine becomes more mature and, and taste it and just really get to, get to play with, you know, like I said, the grapes from both valleys. So yeah. we feel it kind of puts us in a nice position because, um, you know, when you come to our tasting room here in Asoyas, um, you know, we can offer you, you know, the smoked meat wines at the same time offering the South Okanagan wines. Yeah, I mean, it gives you flexibility, but it may, maybe in a short way, how how would you describe the similkameen fruit, say, versus the Asoyas fruit? Is there is there a big difference or just different varieties or how? how? What do you think about the yeah, two regions? Well, well, for us, for us, before we plant anything, we, we we do our due diligence. We really try to figure out what's going to be the best root stock, what's going to be the best clone that's going to work in both areas. Yeah. Um, what we do find is definitely depending on, of course, the growing season. Um, you know, we find there's definitely more higher minerality, a little more acidity coming out of the smilkmean fruit. Right. Um, and then at the same time, in the uh, in the sandier soil conditions here in, in the soyas. Um, you know, irrigation and whatnot has to be, you know, done differently just because of the soils and what we're dealing with. But we find that um, the levels tend to be a little more um, stable here in the soyas, and we find that we can get really, really ripe. Uh, at the same time, we have to try to, you know, manage that uh, with our uh, canopy yeah. uh, and just because of the extreme heat and the sun that we get here. So sometimes, um, you know, we'll do different leaf removal techniques on both valleys just to ensure that, you know, we don't get a lot of burn or, or whatnot on the grapes. Sure. Uh, so now I know you're you're busy, you know, putting the harvest to, to 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 making wine now. Everything's in, so you're making the wine, getting ready. What what can people do in terms of uh, visiting? Will they will you shut down over this period, or can people visit, or will you open in the spring? How is it going to work for Liber now? Yeah, what we do is typically um, right now we're we're pretty much shut. Um, we do offer, you know, if you want to call ahead, we'll we'll definitely put a, an order together for you. Uh, if you want to pick it up here from the wine shop. Um, December, um, we may try to open um, maybe a weekend or two, depending on what's going on with the Christmas market scene down here. Yep. Uh, so if there's a market in a Soyuz or whatnot, we'll, we'll definitely maybe open for, you know, two or three hours on, on the Saturday or the Sunday or whatnot, just to allow people that option to maybe come in and purchase some wine. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, we're, we're kind of just taking the time to finish the vintage, um, get a little chance to relax and, uh, yeah. you know, spend some more time with our families and whatnot. Cause it's, it's been a no, longer totally than usual year because of the late, the late harvest. So, uh, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're anxious to kind of get a little bit of R and R as well. 
I think what's what's fun about these interviews, of course, everybody says, well, the winery's a winery. Well, Mission Hill and Liber are two different animals. Uh, you cannot work seven days a week, 24 hours a day for 365 days a year. You, you need some time because they're just yeah. you're not big enough to to have all people do other things you got to do it all so it's nice to get nice to get a break yes it is yeah mike dowell's the farmer vintner owner of liber farm and winery and we're, we've been talking about the 2022 harvest uh just a couple of quick notes some people said it was larger in the south smaller in the north i don't know what what was your crop level good and were you pretty happy with the fruit in general yeah, no, we were. We, uh, you know, definitely. I think we had a uh, we had definitely bigger crop than uh, past years down here, uh, which is good. Um, the the only problem that it did cause was um, some of the varietals. Um, if you did want to try to manage that big crop to the end, uh, your ripeness might not have been there. So uh, we um, kind of at the end of raison, we you know we kind of went and did our our first thinning and kind of you know cut off all the clusters that weren't for fully turned and, and got rid of all the secondary fruit that may have sprouted up. And then uh, we did a second one uh, two weeks after that, just to make sure that we didn't miss anything, just to make, you know, to ensure that we were going to get that ripeness that we wanted yeah. on the fruit that was hanging. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but it was definitely a bigger crop. There was a lot of excess fruit floating around down here, as they say. Some people were, were trying to wheel oh, and deal. And, uh, you know, so for us, though, it was all about maintaining quality. And um, so we weren't kind of, you know, like when you talk about the Mission Hills and those big crop buyers, those are the, you know, those are the people going after the big, big crops. Whereas for us, it's more about quality and quantity. Yeah. So we were able to manage the levels that we liked and uh, we were able to get the ripeness that we wanted. When you talk about dropping fruit, I always think about, you know, being a vineyard in Bordeaux, like 35 years ago, when, when people first started to drop fruit at Verazon, it was like a sacrilege, and uh, you pretty much had to take the guy's arm over to the grapes, put the snippers in his hand, and make him cut the grapes off because they just wouldn't do it. Uh, they just thought it was the, the, the stupidest thing ever to drop fruit like that. But, of course, we know better now. So, But always painful to drop a bit of the fruit, but you have to do it if you want quality. Speaking of that, let's yeah. talk about a wine. Uh, let's talk about you've got a 2019 Cabernet Franc that we should uh, talk about because it's uh, been put out for release. Yeah, yeah, we just released it recently in the fall, uh, our 2019 um, Cabernet Franc. Uh, yeah, we've been really excited to release this vintage uh, since we kind of put it in the bottle a couple of years ago. So uh, we've uh, we've sent it out. i got to send you a bottle or two, too, uh, to try to get it scored. And, um, yeah, we're really excited. We've had a couple, uh, you know, wine bloggers taste through it, and, uh, you know, they're calling it the best red we've ever made. So Oh, wow. I don't know that's if that's a compliment good. yet or not, but I, uh, I hope uh, we have a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and we, but, we also we also talked about uh, alternative packaging. I mean, I'm I'm concerned about the wine bottle, the the life uh, head for wine bottles. But what are you thinking about at Liber and alternative packaging? Yeah, no, it's something that's uh, it, it's something that's on our our radar. We uh, we've actually um, we've committed to making uh, two uh, canned products next spring. Uh, we're going to morph our, our Hello Sunshine white uh, wine into a, a can product as well as we're going to offer a, what's called a Hello Rosé in, in a can format as well. Yeah. And um, the nice thing, too, um, is we're allowed to do that because when we purchase the Asoyes property, we purchased all the cider making equipment. So we do have our own bright tank so we can get a mobile canner to come and do uh, 
the smaller quantities. Whereas if we were going through artists or somebody else to do that, we'd have to have make a you know a large large quantity of wine, which we we're a little hesitant to do. So now we yeah. can make them in like one thousand liter batches or fifteen hundred liter batches, which works well for our uh, business sure. model. Yeah. So we're really excited to do that. So we're just going to finish up the graphics in January for the new can look. And then, uh, yeah, we're hoping to roll that out uh, April, May. And then um, depending on where we go, we may do a box format as well. But uh, we're just finding the pricing models really hard to compete with the big, big boys on that. So we're kind of yeah. still looking at that. But at some point, we probably uh, will enter into that market. But it'll be more for uh, exclusive into our wine club or, or to our newsletter yeah. club only. Well, I- I'll be fighting for a bag in the box wine because I know exactly what you're talking about. That you know, there's cheap commercial wine and you can sell it for you know twenty bucks a box, three liter box. But then there's the real stuff that has to sell in the you know thirty five to fifty five dollar range or whatever. And I think you know we need to get in in you know we need to move in that direction because uh, if we don't, we're not going to save this planet uh, by you know spreading yeah. bottles all over the place. So. People, I think, are changing, yeah. young millennials. I, I talked to a young millennial this week. She's done so much in her short life, and I asked her what she thought of the wine business. She said it was the most backward, uh, most ancient business she'd ever seen in her life, and she thought the model was absolutely ridiculous and that she was <laughs> out to change it. So I said, okay, go get them. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, no, it, it, it really, uh, we, we kind of um, came to the idea, too, is uh, we've, we've gone to California quite a bit in, in the past years, and we were there one year, and... Um, we were staying in a, in a spot and we took our wine bottles in and we thought there would be like a place to, to put them in for deposit. And they're like, no, they just go in the garbage here. And we're like, what? And that kind of really got our head spinning as to why is that? Well, then you, know, you find out that glass is so hard to recycle and cost so much money that, you know, they're just treated as a landfill now. And, and if you really think about it and if that's the way it does go, then yeah, the bottle yeah. is going to become very, very problematic. And, uh, and the price of it also isn't getting any cheaper and the freight on it isn't any cheaper. So, and it's not, I don't think there's any bottles really made here locally, or I think there's a couple places in the U S but for the most part, we all know where they come from. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, the can format is going to be something we're really excited about. And then, uh, you know, definitely box wine. And, uh, wow. I think smaller format might also become more of a, of a, yeah. of a work thing because I think the price point on, on, you know, wine here is getting to the point now where a lot of people look at it and go, well, geez, that's just so expensive. Yeah. Whereas if you can have, you know, offer a smaller format at a, at a lower price, then, you know, you definitely might uh, get some traction there. Yeah. Uh, well, Mike, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I'm so happy you got your grapes in. I know you still have a lot of work to do, but uh, it, it might be a little more fun once everything's in the barn and, uh, you know, you, you can actually yeah. get your hands on it. Or not, as they no, say. Yeah, we're excited to get up on the hill and start skiing, so we're uh, we're pretty happy to okay. get up there pretty quick. I'll let you go. Get your skis on. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tony. Uh, thanks so much. That was Mike Dowell. He's the farmer, vintner, owner of Liber Farms and Winery in the South Okanagan and the Samil Camine. Up next, Sebastiano Di Corrado. He's the CEO and proprietor of Rivera Wines in the, the fantastic southern region of Puglia in Italy. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination? 
the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summer Hills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summer Hill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summer Hill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries. From Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country down to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. For community information, wine regions and more trip inspiration, visit southokanagan.com. It's time to create new memories in the South Okanagan you remember. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to the show. And a shout out to Bounce Radio stations across the province on BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our guest is Sebastiano Di Corato. He's the CEO and proprietor of Rivera a very special winery in the south of Italy. Sebastiano, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a great pleasure to have to you. Uh, I want to get right into it because uh, it, it seems to me like Puglia is probably one of the most uh, fashionable places to visit now in Italy, which is fantastic, I think, for the people that have been working hard making wine down there. So why don't you set the stage and tell us a bit about where Rivera is? Uh, we are specifically located in Castelmonte region. Castelmonte is the name of a, a castle. It's a very famous castle because uh, it has a very uh, special uh, history and shape. It's a, a perfect octagon. It's the perfect uh, Da Vinci Code type of place. Yeah. And it sits on the highest hill of a uh, hill range called Murgia in the center of Puglia. Uh, and it, this Murja Hills uh, is a range of uh, barren, rocky hills where the only thing that is possible to cultivate traditionally is vineyards. So there is a wine production tradition uh, going back of centuries and maybe maybe millennia. I was I was not there, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, and then it was by my grandfather Sebastiano. So I bring uh, with great, great proud uh, uh, his uh, his name who. Um, decided to try to, to exploit and give uh, the, the right value to the, <clears throat> the when making pot- potential of this region. Uh, 
which is not only focusing in red wines as most Apulian wine producing regions, but is also uh, a very good area for growing uh, and, and producing white wines, yeah. as well as rosé wines and, of course, red wines. Because of the elevation, because it's the highest uh, elevated uh, viticultural area in Puglia, uh, we are talking, uh, it's, not, it's not mountains, but it's hills, but it, it's, it's enough to have cooler nights. And that is uh, great uh, in the hot Apulia summers. And, and uh, well, you're never too far from the ocean anyways, uh, in either direction, I guess. Uh, well, the area is, is not far. The water is only 15 kilometers or yeah. from, from, the, uh, from the sea. It's not the ocean, because the ocean is very big and deep and uh, has a very stable temperature. It is a sea, which is a narrow, very, very shallow, shallow. Uh, so it does it does warm up in summertime, but it's very mm-hmm. important because from the sea we receive uh, cooling winds. The Puglia is just facing the Balkans, so yeah. from the Balkans the, the, the cool uh, winds come uh, across the, the, the Adriatic Sea and uh, uh, have a very beneficial influence in uh, agriculture in general. When people think of uh, of Italy, you know, they think about Sangiovese and uh, Tuscan wines and that, but things are very different in the south. What what can you tell us about how you've developed these these new the, not new these indigenous varieties that perhaps people don't know about? Well, Puglia has uh, a lot of indigenous grape varietals. There is there is one which has become quite famous and popular all over the world. It is Primitivo. So now. Uh, Primitivo stands out in the group of the famous uh, Italian wines, but we actually in the north of the Primitivo growing area, and we have completely different indigenous grape varieties. This is, these are varieties that are uh, perfectly adapted to the climate. Uh, the climate in Puglia can be quite hot in, in summertime, uh, but these varietals, especially the ones we are going to to, uh, to talk about the later, are able to uh, ripen slowly, not quickly, because the, the, the heat and the sun uh, will push any other variety to, to uh, ripen too quickly to reach very high alcohol content uh, and to lose the acidity, uh, while this doesn't happen to uh, local varieties because they, are, they were born there. Yeah. Okay. I want to get into the wines. I don't want to run out of time. So uh, here in the market in Vancouver, we have a, a really interesting wine uh, called Bombino Bianco, which I don't think anybody knows much about. How can you capsulize that wine for us? Well, Bombino Bianco is the northern Apulian uh, white ind- indigenous, most important white indigenous grape varietal. And uh, referring to what I was saying earlier, the ability to ripen uh, slowly and to retain high acidity levels despite the, the, the heat, the summer heat. This is very important. So Bobino Bianco uh, is kind of surprising because of the freshness. Normally, you get you get fresh, meaning wines with, with a firm acidity, refreshing acidity in cooler climate, in northern Italy or yeah. in, in France or, or in northern Spain. But uh, Bobino Bianco has this uh, ability to, to, to retain the acidity, which in the past used to be uh, was seen as a defect, a flaw of the variety. It was too acidic because when making was you know, not so special. Uh, today we, uh, we know much more what, what to do to 
uh, say enhanced some some characteristics of, of the indigenous varieties. So well, the acidity has become an advantage for the wine. Yeah, and it makes the wine uh, fresher, refreshing. But we have, in a way, with wine making, we have built some, uh, let's say, some fat uh, to cover the acidity, so it's not uh, a razor sharp acidity anymore. Starting from the beginning of uh, when you sip and you feed the acidity. In this case, it's uh, round, rich, and then the acidity only comes at the end just to, to refresh your palate. Yeah, perfect description. I tried that wine this week. Uh, fantastic wine for seafood. Of course, in Vancouver, we have so much uh, fresh seafood, and it just reminded me of uh, the kind of wine I want to have with uh, a number of different uh, seafood dishes. So congratulations on that. Fantastic fun label and bottle presentation, too. So it looks like you're having fun. Let's talk about Il Falcone because this is just an amazing wine. I have to congratulate you on this wine. The the, the silkiness of this wine, the, the savoriness, the, it's just so inviting to taste a wine like that. It tastes like $100. It sells for $30. It's, it's quite an amazing wine. What can you tell us about those grapes? Well, uh, Il Falcone is the flagship wine of our winery. It's a wine we, we've been producing from the very beginning, from 1950, when, when my grandfather started to... Uh, Produced with with a better quality, the lo local wines, uh, and in red in red wines, the the tradition for the area was to uh, do a blend of the mm -hmm. very local variety called the Nero di Troia, which is the most important indigenous grape variety of, of central northern Puglia, very elegant, but also with very firm tann tannins. And this used to be a, the the problem of Nero di Troia, being a, a bit too aggressive and tannic. Uh, but the, the, because of that, the tradition was to blend the Nero di Troia with a softer grape variety, which is Montepulciano. Montepulciano is, uh, for sure, much better known than Nero di Troia. It's cultivated in Abruzzo and in Northern Puglia. And it, it was developed in Northern Puglia because of, of, uh, of this blend, blending tradition with Nero di Troia. So Il Falcone, since the beginning, carries this blend. The proportions are still the, the traditional ones, uh, like two-thirds of Nero di Troia, one-third of Montepulciano, and this comes from the field blend tradition. So growers would plant two rows of Nero di Troia and the third row of Montepulciano. So today wow. we do we have, uh, we have don't do uh, field blends anymore. It's specific, like single varietal vineyard. We, we produce the two wines. We uh, do the aging process, which is done in, uh, in French oak, 50% uh, large oak casks mm -hmm. and 50% French oak barriques. So after the all the process, uh, we do the final blend, uh, respecting the traditional proportions, and that's uh, that's it for Cone. We're talking with Sebastian uh, Di Corrado from Rivera Winery in Puglia. Uh, we've been talking about Il Falcone. Uh, what what sort of food would you suggest with that wine? It's such an interesting uh, wine. It, it it looks like it would age, uh, for, you know, effortlessly, but also you can drink it now. So maybe what would we serve that with? Well, first of, first of all, let me talk about the aging. We are on the market with 2016 vintage. is a, a six years old wine that we released. Yeah. Six years old, six years of aging in, in total in in the cellar. Because Neurotron has a great aging potential, you can open a 10, 20, 30, 40 years old bottle of Ilfacone and, and do just wow. <laughs> As regards to, to preparing, of course, you need some, some uh, serious, uh, serious food, uh, meat-based. Uh, well, when I come to 
Canada and I just love to match in Falcone with uh, with Alberto Beef. That's uh-huh. that's what I learned. <laughs> it's a great match. Yeah. Nice beef, nice wine. Uh, for our listeners now, many people are, are making decisions about traveling to Europe uh, as the pandemic sort of winds down a bit. Uh, is it is it possible to come and visit you in Italy, visit the winery? Absolutely. I mean, Puglia, as you said uh, at the beginning of the show, it's, uh, it's becoming a very uh, fashionable uh, travel destination uh, because of the climate, the, 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 not only the beaches, but the, the small villages, the countryside, the food and the wines. Mm. Uh, and we are open to, to visitors. Well, it was uh, fun chatting with you today, uh, Sebastiano, learning about these two wines. We'll be able to uh, give our uh, listeners a more update in social media about where they're available and the cost of the wines. They're very affordable wines and, and a lot of fun to drink. And uh, it was great to have a quick chat with you. Likewise. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks so much. That was Sebastiano Di Corrado. He's the CEO and proprietor of Rivera. Uh, that's it for today's show. Special thanks to our technical producer here in Vancouver, Dwayne Bishop, and our assignment editor, Sherry Caleb, our director of ops, Stu Ferguson. For all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi. Have a great week ahead. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. 